Well, hello out there. Thanks for coming to the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. We're at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. We're at Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts, as always, to Blue Wire. Shout to American Fireworks, our longtime friends and sponsors in Hudson. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. I mean, depending on where you are, and it could be really, it's half the damn country, you should be looking outside thinking summer thoughts. Shouldn't you, Jerry? <laughs> I've never done fireworks in snow, but you know what? If there's a time to do them, the time is now. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I'm glad you said that, and I didn't mean to include this in the advertisement, but I might as well. Um, I think it was American Fireworks Twitter account or their Facebook page a couple weeks ago. They did some fireworks at Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, yeah, and the snow is the backdrop. Those were incredible pictures, weren't they? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it would look great right now with what I have going on around my house. The funny thing is I just got done shoveling for like the last This hour snow is taller than half your family. It is. Three I mean, quarters, excuse they're, me. They're playing, high, they're playing hide and go seek right now, and they're just standing in our driveway. Nobody can fucking see them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one cool thing I'll say about my neighborhood is this. Like I tweeted yesterday, and I was kind of – I was messing around, but I was serious, and it was like 3 o'clock, and I was like, I'm really debating right now whether I should go out and shovel. And, and like – you know, everybody's the smartest person ever on social media. And 35% of the people were kind of like, oh, man, you got to go out. You got to do it. And, like our, and Coach Borman, this is for you, too, because I saw you bitching about uh, shoveling 17 times. Well, Andre didn't shovel yesterday at all. And I'm happy that it took me an hour and a half to do today. But I love that my little, my little circle that I live in, nobody touched their driveways yesterday. <laughs> and so today I looked around and my next door neighbor to my left, he finally went out. Now, he's lived in Florida for like most of his life but he's he's from cincinnati originally so this has been a great week for him dude doesn't even wear a coat i love him uh he went out like around noon today and i was like ah shit i guess i gotta do it but to the people that tweeted me i was like oh it's better for you just to you know do it four five six times and you know it'll be easier shit i did it one time i'm tired <laughs> right now <laughs> my back is hurting a little bit but it'd be hurting anyway i did that shit one time i put down the uh the uh, ice, the salt, rather. Uh, And I'm glad I did it one time. And right now, as we are speaking, my other neighbor who lives to the right of me, he's out there with a snowblower doing his. So congrats to me. I bought (laughs) snowblowers for my parents and my in-laws, but my dumbass always says, oh, I'll save the money on me. I only need it two, three times a year. This will be the final year that the nuts don't have one. Yeah, we were having that same discussion over here, too. Well, and I got a guy. I got a guy, and I and I, and I can get my guy to help you out. But I can get them for pretty cheap, for considering what they cost. But uh, I keep blowing it off, and this year my back is finally telling me you're old. Well, it comes back to one of the all-time Reggieisms, which is there are two kinds of people in this world: those who can and those who pay for it. And you're going to be one who pays for it, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you look around and you make the decision. Um, we haven't seen snow like this in a long time. No, we but. Haven't. In our house, this is twice in three weeks. We've gotten more than a foot of snow. So, like, you have to make some decisions, right? Yeah. I was laughing the first time you got it because I was in the sun, sun, and I yes. was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and I think all that laughing caught up with me. But you're right about paying or not because usually when it gets this bad, I'll call my mom or I'll text my mom. And I'll be like, hey, do you need me to come over and just, you know, and she's got a long driveway too, but I'll help her out or I'll take care of it. This time last week when I was in, when I was in the Dominican Republic, I texted him was like, um, do you need help? And she's like, no, we're good. Don't worry about it. So yesterday I texted her and I was like, Hey, do you want me to pay somebody to come over and get your driveway? 
Mm. She's like, you usually, she's like, asshole, you usually offer to do it, not pay for it. <laughs> I was like, well, there's a new me. I'll pay for it. I ain't coming over. <laughs> so I, I was in Mobile. And as if you guys re- listened to the last podcast, you, yeah. you remember that I said the next time we talk, I'll be in Mobile because Dre was going for a week. And the day he got back the next morning, I was leaving. So I got to Mobile, started doing my stuff. Um started looking at the forecast at home, and I was real fortunate. One of the two interviews I absolutely needed on the week, I got on Tuesday morning. So I went back to my room and immediately changed my flight. Um, moved it up today, trying to beat the storm, right? And knew there'd be risk involved. So 12 hours after that, the notification started, and it was basically the airline saying, the storm is coming, you can change your flight for free. And I had already done it. I felt I felt good about that. Um, you knew this was nasty because it wasn't just Columbus, Akron, Canton, Cleveland, Pittsburgh getting canceled. Dallas flights were getting canceled. Dulles Airport uh, on the East Coast was getting canceled. So I was like, oh shit, right? So right. Um, long story semi short, long longest day of my life. I get from Mobile to Charlotte. I do my layover. They push my flight back an hour. They move it back up. They basically make an announcement that says the weather's fine. We have a staffing issue. All of a sudden, I hear a guy yell the F word, and it flashes on the screen, canceled to Akron Canton. Mm. Well, the boards in the airport that show had, had only shown one Akron Canton flight, so I thought I was screwed. So I walked. The customer service line was 50 deep. It was every person that was supposed right. to be on this flight, right? Yeah. So I walked to the other terminal, um, went up, and asked if I could get on the Columbus flight. And they were like, well, there's one more Akron Canton. So they rebooked me. So. Yeah. A couple things happen. I walk back down, further down, same, um, in the previous terminal, but a different kind of wing in Charlotte. I'm standing there, and Ataba Rubin, former Browns <laughs> defensive line, walks right up to me. <laughs> so He never I talked said to three him. words. What are you doing, though? <laughs> yeah, oh, he couldn't have been friendlier. But you know what? Ataba was great, and this is why I loved him, and I'll let you continue your story. He didn't say shit around the team. He didn't say shit around the locker room. But, man, you can catch him out on a Thursday or Friday night every <laughs> single week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, so um so then I'm standing there and we're waiting and, and it's a similar thing. It's like, hey guys, uh we're about to board. Um we're good, stand by because you know, people are nervous and they're basically doing some um damage control, right? Like we're not gonna be able to get you all on, but but be here. First crew member gets on. So this guy walks up to me. And he says, hey, are you Zach Jackson? I say, yeah. He says, um, I listen to the podcast. So, all right, cool. And um, he, he gives some relations of, of, of some mutual people that we know. And he, he doesn't say, who do you know that we know? <laughs> yeah, he's flying in um, from, from New York to meet, to go to OU with some buddies um, and see Coach Bowles, who we both know. So, anyway, same thing happens. They cancel our flight. We got no plan. It's it's 10 o'clock at night. I got no plan. And I know that it's not just going to be one day. It's going to be two or three days, right? So I look at this guy's name's Nick. I just met him. And I say, you want to rent a car and drive home? He says, damn. yes. So, so you didn't tell me that. You just rolled yeah. with the, damn, dude. <laughs> so, we walk, so we're walking the terminal. I get on Priceline.com, rent a car. We, we get over to the rental hub. Um, 15 minutes later, we're in this Prius checked out. A Prius? Uh, yeah, a Prius. Yeah. How, wait, wait, can I ask? And I don't usually do this. How expensive was it? Because really- uh, it was not anywhere near what I thought it was going. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. So, and I'm you know, I'm not going to get into the business, but I'm assuming I'm going to get it um, expensed with no problem because the alternative would have been at least two more nights in a hotel. 
Right. No doubt. Right. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, helped, you helped them out. Yeah. So, so we slide off about 10, 15, 10, 20. Um, we stopped for caffeine and away we went and it was raining from Northern North Carolina all the way through, but we were checking the temperature. Basically we had said, if it's, if it's icy, we're not doing this. We'll get, right. but I was going to feel better being in a hotel in West Virginia than I was going to be in Charlotte, not knowing Stuck when there. I could fly home. Right? right. Right. So anyway, we kept checking and, and, um, anybody who's made that drive up 77 knows there's some dark spots and some nasty yeah. turns, Turns, I was gonna say, but yeah. we, it stayed above freezing until we got all the way back to like the new Philly Dover area. Um, it was a little slick and he was going to his friend's house in Jackson, right by Belden village. Okay. So we get off 77 at six in the morning. Um, we pull into this neighborhood and this, there's a car parked there, right? And it's caked in ice. And then driveway is so covered in ice. Like I have to hold onto the car to get out from the passenger seat to get back. Damn. But, you know, from there, it, it took me normal, but it's really kind of main roads, you know, 15 miles back probably to where I right. live from there. And at 7 in the morning, I got home. So yeah. um, we made it. It's an all-time story, <laughs> all-time yeah. classic. Yeah. You were tough. Well, I knew when you, were, when you were trying to leave the other day, I remember thinking, dude, you're, you're pushing it. But you wouldn't have got home. If you didn't, have done, if you didn't do what you did, you probably right. still would be stuck down at, Mo- at Mobile. Um, worst places to be stuck, uh, but not the best. No, and, and for once I was prepared. I was telling you, like, I brought extra clothes. I was ready, but I just right. I felt like I saw the window to beat it out of there, and I did. It just didn't happen. Uh, right, <laughs> and that's not your fault. I mean, that's just how yeah. it is right now. Let me ask you this. Um, since you were there, how much did you learn? How much did you take from where things are at? Not, not just player-wise, but just where does the NFL see itself right now? Are, are we are we close to back to normal? I guess for yeah. since you've gone to this many times, is it close to back what it was in 2019? Yeah, I'd say it was close. You know, there there were there were still some restrictions and some things that we didn't get to do, and there were just some different ways it was laid out, right? Um, with with where the players were going to be, where the teams were going to be, all that. But um, you could go in the stadium and watch practice. You know, there was an event to interview the players and get a chance to at least meet most of them briefly. And there were some social distancing guidelines, but it was, you know, it was in person. It was up close. So I only got to see one day of practices, but I got a feel for what guys look like. You know, I think you talk about Ohio state tight end, Jeremy Ruckert being a legit 6'5", 250. Yeah. He made a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of guys that are listed as that, right? Well, he went, yeah, he went and legit measured it, and then when they got off the bus and he was with the other four or five tight ends, one of them looked like an NFL starter, and that was him, okay. right? The other ones looked like 22-year-old kids. So that's not to say they won't get there, but now you look at record and say, okay, he made money in senior bowl week, you know? Right. And um, Andrew Berry was there. He was on the sideline with Glenn Cook and Ryan Grigson, two of his top wow, guys. So the Browns are sending a contingency again. That's yeah, nice. and listen, um, they're there to see the quarterbacks. There's no running from that, but they're there to see the kickers and the punters and the D linemen, um, all of that. You, you, it's you see them go through an NFL practice. So right. yes, you've you've scouted them on tape, and yes, you you know what traits you're looking for. But there is value in watching guys go through an NFL practice and watching them in uniform because the rest of this process you're not going to see them in uniform no. so and even you you made, you made a great point just seeing them you know sized up next to the other guy exactly i know our, I know our other friend sean smith who you were sitting with <laughs> I, 
I know he's I got do, an agent. That's my guy. You better leave Mumbles alone. He'll come get your ass. I True story. You. True story. He, he goes, I'm looking for Mary Kay. I said, she's sitting right over there. She's like two sections away. He starts yelling, Source is set! Source is set! Hey, Mary Kay! <laughs> You know, the craziest part is at one time, uh, we did it. We do TV together, the three of us. And it yes. was, we had better TV, me, Mary Kay, and Shad. We had better TV during the breaks than we did on air because all he would do is talk shit as his chain would hit this glass. Remember, we had that like glass desk that we sat at the old sports time. And he would wear a chain that like would have hung down to my like, yes. my, like belt buckle. And, it, and the whole time, you would just hear it. Hitting against the glass. And I'm like, you're going to break the glass. I'm trying to tell Mary Kay what's really going on in the locker room. Uh, I love him. But anyway, he tweeted out a clip. He has a guy, a couple, he has a defensive end from Kansas, I believe, um, that he's working with. And they showed him going against a big-ass left tackle that I think is from, like, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, maybe, like, Northern Iowa or something. Yes, it was the Kansas defensive end against the Northern Iowa tackle. Yes, I know which clip you're talking about. Yes. Yes. And the only reason I mentioned that clip is not only – because it goes off of what you're saying when people try to figure out what, you know, going down there means. Not only do you get to see him off the busing as other players of their size, but this kid from Kansas, and I don't know the name, but Sean is working with him and helping him out. This kid from Kansas looks like a little bit of a – from afar. If I'm Andre not reading the, the books, I go, this guy may be a little undersized, right? Mm-hmm. But then I see him go against this northern Iowa left tackle who looks like he's legit north, you know, tackle, and he got underneath his pads, and you're going, okay, let me find out more about this Kansas kid because he just – he put the guy he – he put him on stilts. He had him walking, he, and I was like, okay, that's an eye-opener. Those are the type of moments and plays you get where you see them practice. And as you said, practice against, you know, in an NFL style practice where you see that play. And really, it was impressive by both because you have the undersized DN who's getting up underneath the pads of a six foot seven, 315 pound guy and putting him on skates. But you see the guy on skates not giving in. To me, that's one of those signs of, okay, I want to know more about both of those players. Yeah. Um, and just to clear up, Sean works for an agency now. Um, he's, he's a recruiter. So basically, his job is to. Come, identify come with me come to this yeah. side of the town and i'll show you the way to get to the league <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so his his job is to identify players and recruit them to his agency with his pitch obviously being i played i know what it looks like i know people in the league and when you do sign with us you trust that i'm going to help you go to the best trainers right and speed and trainers him. and position trainers and he does know him where he lives in waco or not waco frisco texas yes uh, basically that's where all the old, old young um where all the yeah. ex-cowboys are that's where the cowboys practice I know my my um, nephew just graduated from down there in school, and he's an athletic trainer, and he's helping. He's a physical trainer, athletic trainer. He works kids out in the Frisco area, so it's the right area if you're trying to get. Yeah, there. so it's it's a real interesting thing. It's a Senior Bowl. Um, the agents are there, the media is there, you know, the the GMs, the scouts are there. There's a lot going on. There was a photographer made me laugh. He was wearing a hoodie that said "I love agents," basically trying to get their attention, <laughs> saying, "Because listen, the, the social media world is such yeah. to help you recruit the next class." You're an agent. Your social media has to reflect that you put your players in this year's class in the best light, right? right. So that sure. photographer is basically saying, pay me. I'll give you these these great images and the rights to them, and you can use them on your social media. 
you know, um, right. it's, that's it's how it goes nowadays. That's a big yeah. part of the business. It, it, it really is. So like I said, there, there were some things Dre, that were restricted. And then of course I wasn't there the whole week for the full right. kind of social experience, but Mobile is a small city. It's a great little city, but it's a small city. So you go there and when people go out at night to dinner, there's 10 places to go to, not a thousand, right? right? right. The right. bars, there's six places to go to, not 500, right? So there's only like one strip club, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you answered too quick. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's funny you say that. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I told this story the other, the the one night I did go out with some coworkers. I said I was here with so and so, a named coach one year, mm-hmm. and I said, and he was telling me that around the corner from from where we are now, yeah. um, there's a little cigar shop slash something, and he says at night um, that that it gets a little different. And I was telling him, you're full of shit. This is the Bible Belt. They don't have those things. Oh, my brother. That's why they do it that way. He was sitting here arguing with me. And we argued. And I said, you're young and dumb and you'll believe anything. And he said, you're old and no fun. And I can't believe you don't believe me. So like two nights later, I was was out and about. And I was headed to a different place to meet someone. And I kind of had my GPS out looking for it. And I walked by. I was on a little stretch of the block where everything was closed up. It was, you know, it was like. I thought was a real estate office in a subway and stuff that's just only open during the day downtown. Right. And I heard something and I looked and it was so-and-so's cigar shop uh-huh. and there were some curtains closed uh-huh. and there was some music being played. And I said, I think I was wrong. And it was the first yeah. time that ever happened that I was wrong. Ah, so it shit. was weird. It's funny you say that because, um, I don't want you know, I'm not, you snitches get stitches. Uh, I, I know a couple, I like, I, I'm not, I'm a cigar. I, I like cigars. It's it's nice to sit around with your boys, have a drink. And, and, and as you get older and as you don't spend your money on things you used to spend your money on. And um, I've gone to a couple of cigar places. And like I said, I don't want to be a snitch in any way, shape or form. But it seems like throughout America, uh, a lot of people that own cigar places have realized that they can be a cover for other places. And that's not the first time I've heard a story like that. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, not, not in Mobile. I've heard them in other places, like even Cleveland. <laughs> So, um, speaking of, anyway, speaking, of, I don't know if you're gonna be working or not. Um, you know, the NBA All Star Game is a big deal, right? And if we were ten years younger or more mm-hmm. like fifteen, probably we'd really be into it. But do yes. you have any kind of personal excitement level or any personal involvement? Because I don't know. That's funny. Um, um, you, I mean, you know me well, and you know my life well. Uh, I want to say, and this sex sucks to say, but I want to, you're, you're dead on, on what you just said, because 10, 15 years ago, hell, I was traveling the country. I went to the all-star game, the NBA all-star game that was in Vegas. And then I went to the one in new Orleans after, um, the tragedy they had in new Orleans. I remember the year that, that after that year, we ended up going to new Orleans and had the time of my life, barely slept. Speaking of strip clubs, probably lost my shirt, pants, and everything else after I watched Dominique Wilkins and George Gerving on a, on a dice table. I won't say how much I saw there. Um, it used to be everything. And obviously, I just, you know, it's funny. We had a, we've had a, we got a couple of friends that have reached out to me and said, hey, can you help me out if I come into town for the All-Star game for work-related stuff? It used to be, hey, can I come to hang out and let's go to the parties and, and you know, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we literally have friends that are like, hey, if I come to town, I, I got some work that I may want to do. Could, I, could you help me, you know, connect to these people or things like that? I am actually working something. I'm working, and I'm, and this isn't a brag because I'm actually negotiating my price on it right now. But I am going to, um, I am going to. I don't even know if I can tell everything about it, but I am going to narrate or be a part of a thing with Cheryl Miller. Uh, I'm going to do something with the three general managers of the uh, local teams, uh, with obviously Kobe, uh, Chris Antonetti, 
as well as uh, the Browns general manager. We're all going to do something together. Uh, and I'm going to do something with JaVale McGee's mom. And if you don't know JaVale McGee's mom, <laughs> she was a, she was a champion and she played with, and Cheryl Miller. I'm sitting down with Cheryl Miller and her. Uh, so I am doing something on Saturday. There is a girls basketball camp that I am trying to get that on my daughter that I'm going to <laughs> Jesus. Look how life has changed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I won't be at the dunk competition, three point competition. I am not here to bag on it. Uh, I still like NBA uh, Saturday, but after going to them, they are TV shows. They're not made for those right. live in person. If you have it's kind of my thought, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I'm not being negative and they'll be slowed out. And I'm sure there's people that listen to this podcast because um, we're in the middle now, I guess, of ages. There's some that'll be like, that sounds like a great time. And if you like sitting in, a, in a, an arena, you know, drinking a $15 beer and hanging out with your friends. And I've been there. I, I bought that. I, that can be cool. Um, that it's a cool Saturday night. If you have patience, if you're like Zach, who can barely go into an, a guardians <laughs> Indians game, uh, when it's 85 degrees out and you'd rather sit in a bar, then you should probably just go to a bar and hang out with your buddies and go to it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll do Saturday night during that part of the selection. Um, so I'm excited for Northeast Ohio because it is a cool weekend and there should be a lot of money brought in. And it sounds like knock on wood. And, and I'm careful in saying this. It sounds like, Uh, The COVID situation will be much better than it was maybe a month ago. uh, So we can relax and enjoy the town. You know, I had a great time during the Indy, during the baseball all-star festivities, but I've hit that age where uh, I'd rather be back in my house when all the good fun stuff is going. No, that, that, that's well said. I got two things I want to add on there. Um, One, I, and I just found this out. I really don't know any details, but apparently some company is taking one of the bars in Cleveland mm-hmm. and turning it into an NBA Jam themed bar for the weekend. It's going mm-hmm. to be called Boom Shakalaka. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? I've heard about it, but I don't. I, okay. I know. I know a couple other bars that are getting. Flipped I just had a friend of a friend kind of invite me, and I was like, my first response was NBA All Star Weekend. No chance I'm going near it. And then he was like, NBA Jam themed bar. We'd love to have you. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Oh, that'd be fun. S- secondly, for our listeners. Um, when people go online and bag on Cleveland, who cares, right? Right. We know it's cool here. The city's going to do a good job. The truth is it's the middle of fucking February. It's cold right. here. It's not the ideal spot, but guess what? You know, it's going to be done well. Secondly, to the larger point, when John Manziel does it online, don't argue with third graders. Let it go. John Manziel is one of the most disappointing, embarrassing human beings of all time, let alone NBA player. So yeah. do not pay him any attention to that. He is a fucking embarrassment on every level, right? Well, so when he goes on, he's trying to stir you up. Just ignore him. Leave him alone. Well. No, I, I mean, I, I started a crafty response, and I thought, I'm just going to save this for the podcast. Yeah, well. I'm, Who cares what he says about anything? Well, I think part of the problem is for all of us, and, I, and I'm speaking for myself. I can't, I don't, I can't get involved with what everybody else is going through. A lot of this shit we're seeing on social media, and a lot of the things, and me included, um, we got to take a step back. It's not that serious. Everybody right. has the right to their own opinion. Uh, what Johnny went, no matter what Zach feels about Johnny, and I, I'm not saying I don't disagree, but no matter what you're saying about Johnny, Johnny has the right to say what he feels, and and and, and I get it. Kid that grew up in Austin, Texas, with you know millions of dollars and a silver spoon kid. Living in Berea and living in Cleveland obviously didn't work for him. He wasn't mature enough or ready for it because that wasn't the most important thing, right? You know, being the being quarterback, all that other crap. So if that's how he feels, um, and you've said this for a long time, and, and that's why, like, and I still get caught up in the bullshit. And I, I really, I'm, I'm serious. After being a go- gone for 10 days 
and really not paying attention to it and, and seeing how many people tweet and, and, and all these, and me, me and you concluded, you tweet about stuff where you know stuff, but you don't know the whole situation. Same here. You know, and, and, and sometimes I'm way more informed than most people, but I have to fight with the kid that, or, or the adult that doesn't know shit about a situation, right? And when two people are battling back and forth to the audience, we both are idiots because who cares? Because you talk, you, let Johnny be John. Let him be. Because you didn't get anything by going back and forth with him, whether it be Daryl Ryder or whether it be Daryl, you know, Stevens. Um, we're allowed to have our opinions. Obviously, Johnny got drafted here wasn't prepared as an individual. He wasn't an adult yet. He wasn't mature enough for the situation that was put ahead of him and got it. You know what, to be honest with you, that's the, he's not the first or last guy that gets drafted and wasn't completely ready or mature enough for the situation he was put in. Ignoring him is the best thing to do, but in our society, we've made everybody's opinion so important, at least to themselves, that nobody knows when to shut the fuck up and just walk away. Well, we have a lot of great bars here. Johnny visited them all, right? Yeah. We have a lot of great police departments here. Johnny spent a lot of time with Avons, right? Like, <laughs> it's a nice place to live, right? But yeah, he, he's for us. He's know? so completely useless. That, 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 that's that's my point. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, I might be venturing out to to this boom shakalaka. So um, let me know if you do. We will you see. May, I, if in my in my travels and when I'm around there, I may be willing to. Uh, that may be something that you could talk me. <sighs> yeah, about. me too. Me too. And we'll have to see uh, schedules. So. Before we, I want to get to the Cavs to close it out here, but I just kind of want to lay it out here for, for Browns fans, for everybody tracking. So the Senior Bowl is over. Well, the Senior Bowl game is tomorrow. We're recording this on Friday. Um, the Senior Bowl is over as far as practices, um, the real evaluation stuff. So the Browns come back to work, and you, know, you can just start releasing players and stuff next week after the Super Bowl. We'll see how that goes. I would expect a very quiet few weeks. Then we're – when we get into late February and it's almost combine time, that's when, um, if you know a guy's going to be a salary cap cut, you generally do it early because you let him, you let him go, right? You let him go when all his options are open. That's when you think a guy guy might be a salary cap cut. That's when you call the agent and you see, hey, um, do you want to go free or do you want to try to work something out here, right? And and all of these things are chain reaction decisions. And then of course, this is when um, Andrew Barry will be taking temperatures on quarterback asking prices. So they very well might land back um, on the starter from last year. We will see, but there will be calls made. There will be discussions had, and this is when it really ramps up because this is the time you take all your preliminary stuff and you really get to the next stage of both free agent evaluation, not just from free agent evaluation, but to free agent plan stacking. If we did get this guy, if we could trade for this guy, if we can't, where do we go? And then you get into the next step of the draft evaluation too, because all the early entries are, are confirmed. You've now been at the senior bowl and seen some guys up close. You have a health report on some guys. So um, we will see. So I like the guy from Pittsburgh, by the way. The, the quarterback? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I don't I like, think there's like anything special about him, but I think he's got I think he's got some leadership qualities and I think he throws an accurate ball and, and commands oh. a huddle pretty well. Oh, you just said two special things. That's two special things in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I, I don't think repeat what you said though. Repeat right. what you, he's a leader presence and accurate. Presence. That's yes, look, but I, I don't think anything about the arm or the athleticism no, is special is what I'm trying to say. I I, I agree. I agree. I, but my, you, you just hit on something, though, and I'm glad you hit on it the way you did. In the write-off, and I'm not claiming for Cleveland. I'm just saying I like him, and I like exactly what you just said. Pitt has been trying to get back 
Hell, Pitt wasn't. I mean, most people aren't listening. Pitt was a was Pitt. Our dads would tell you, or some of the people that are listening to this pod would tell you, Pitt was a national powerhouse in the early '80s, right? Mm-hmm. And they've tried their best to get back there. They've had moments when they've had Shady McCoy, and they've had other players. I mean, they had Larry Fitzgerald who had a good run. They had Aaron Donald who was just freaking unbelievable still to this day. Now they had our guy Jabal Sheard at the same time. They've had players, but they haven't had like that. Hell, they used to go at it with Penn State back in the day. I, I just like what pick I like in the games I got to see him play and I didn't see him at the senior bowl and this and that. And I don't know everything about him. He has something about him in the games that I saw him play is all I would say. Yeah. So I like when people, I like when people like you and others just blow it off, but with the right team, right situation, I think he can win football games. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I think Dre, I think the quarterback at 13 for the Browns is out of, out of the question, right? I don't think this team's trying to have a rookie QB. I think no, you'd have to be special. Yeah, but I think they they're get, here's the thing, they could get away with it though because the rest of the roster is good enough. Yeah, no, if it if it came to that, sure. If but it's I, the right I think, guy. I think that the quarterback of this team next year, um, uh, if it involves a thirteenth pick, it's part of a trade. Yeah, right. For sure. Um so but, we'll see. Oh, okay, for sure. We'll see. Um, the other thing too is is if Kenny Pickett's that good, he doesn't make it to thirteen. Right. Well, and the Browns got the cachet to move. If that's what they think. And I, no, I it, tend to agree with you. I don't think a rookie quarterback is going to start for the Browns in 2022 or 20, yeah. whatever year we're in. I don't think that's how it's going to go. But I think what I'm also saying is I, I don't think we're in, a, especially in February, February 4th. I don't think we're in a position right now to sit here and, and be all knowing either of what may happen and what this roster may look like either. No, you're right. I, I think a lot of guys are going to be back. But when you're talking about a remake of the past game coming and you're talking about, you know, re- rebuilding the D-line and, and Clowney being a free agent if they don't sign in before that, then, then yeah, there's there's some gray areas to what well, this roster could well, Clowney like. has shown no us. doubt about it. Yeah, Clowney has shown us, and I don't mean this in a bad way. And by the way, I think I got some money I got to Venmo you for our other uh, fantasy football team. That's all <laughs> Going to hey man, we actually made we made some money this year in fantasy football. So uh, on both of our squads, so that's because we are uh, our playoff players are doing very well. So we're going to make some money off of that. Um, going off of what you said, Clowney has proven to us, in my opinion, he ain't signing early. He don't do that. And and I no. mean, and, and God bless him, he's made a lot of money. But yeah, he's going to right? get every dime he yeah. demands, or he'll go somewhere else. Right, yeah. or he'll just sit and wait. That's what he's proven the last what three years now. He'll it's he'll four win. and four. Yeah, four teams yeah. in four years. Yeah. Now I'm sure he would like the security of having a, a long term contract, but he's proven um, he can make it without doing that. Right. Yeah, and and this is what when I said these decisions are all tied to each other. It's not just okay, so and so is not available, or so and so got traded or signed elsewhere. It's what you tie to it. I mean, if you're going to give Jadavian Clowney at age 29, 12 million, you have to think your offense is good enough to win the Super Bowl. For sure. Right? For sure. Or else you devote those resources somewhere else. But uh, think about know? this. Think about what Cincinnati did to get to the playoffs. And I remember I had this discussion, and it's funny. Two months ago, what I said about the Bengals, I got laughed at. A month ago, what I said about the Bengals, people were like, ah, maybe. Now everybody's looking on, holy shit. And the one thing I said about them was that, and I'm glad you used Clowney. Because we knew what they had offensively. You knew before the season started offensively on the right day they were going they could score fifty, right? We knew that going into the season because we knew Joey what Joey Burrow brings to the table. We knew Chase was very 
uh, talented. You did hell. T. Higgins was great last year, so you you knew they had a basis, and you know what their running back could do. Um, I was afraid of their offensive line. Still, still am, especially come next Sunday. Right against Aaron Donald, sure. Yeah, Aaron Donald, all those guys. Von Miller, they, they're set up to kill Joe Burrow, but so is Tennessee. So we'll see. We'll talk about that next week as we get yeah. to the Super Bowl. But the one thing I kept saying about Cincinnati, remember people were, and it was fun to do, and since the Browns beat them a couple times, which roster would you want going forward? And I was dead set in saying Cincinnati because Sam Hubbard has, is the perfect pick for them, right? He's from there. Went to Ohio State, didn't get a ton of run at Ohio State, got to play against with, but not really over all those other great defensive ends. But you knew where the talent was there. And the crazy thing for me, six years ago, seven years ago, I was doing Cincinnati Molar games with, with Sam Hubbard on the team playing deep safety. And he was a lacrosse player. Yes. I'll never forget going to the Cincinnati Molar coach. I'm like, well, who's this six foot five guy who's playing, you know, safety? He's like, oh, Andre, he's a lacrosse player. He's got a full ride to go to Notre Dame to play lacrosse, but we, we want to see what he can do in football. So they've got this young, up-and-coming defensive end that's just, just figuring it out. Then they get Hendrickson from New Orleans, who they got in free agency, who works perfectly uh, with Hubbard. And it's easy to walk into the stadium and see these two big, tall, white guys at defensive end and go, oh, we're going to kick their ass, <laughs> right? But they're both <laughs> athletic as can be, and they both are game changers. And you get two game changers at defensive end. You get all the Ohio State. You get you know, you got Von, Von Bell, rather, back in the back. They've got good safeties. They've put their defense together a little bit differently than how we were told to put defenses together 10, 15 years ago, right? Well, yeah, they went and got Mike Hilton for nothing. He's been yes. a great player. Um, you know, Bell, two free agent classes ago, certainly not an A-list guy, right? They, they bring in Trey Hendrickson in the hits. So, right. But Von Bell's a good player, though. Like, and oh, I think that's for sure. Good. And I think that's where we, as, as fans and as just media, we get caught up in – Oh, he's just average. But he he's smart. He's around the ball. He did the same thing in New Orleans. Their other safety is really good. Um, they put a good roster together. And and that's why I bring up Clowney, and, and it plays off what you said. The Bengals don't sign Hendrickson unless they thought they could make a run like they made, right? No, you're right. You're right. Well, listen, there's a couple things about these Super Bowl teams. One, total, built totally differently, right? Yeah. The, the Rams went the Rams, and got guys. They're on, they're on their own thing. We've yeah. been talking about that for two years. Yes. Like, the Rams are doing this different, guys. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals drafted and filled in. You know, Hendrickson was an A, a free agent for A money, but the other guys weren't. And right. But what it comes down to, you can be 16-1 and one and have all the stats and break all the records, or you can be 9-8 and eight and sneak in. Exactly. You've got to have a magical month. Zach's been yelling this to you guys since the Indians made their run <laughs> in the World Series in 16. Yep. It ain't about being the best team. It's about being the hottest team. Being the hottest team, and they are. And, and I, I just can't say enough things, good things about Joe Burrow, but everybody already knows that. I've been, been saying that. So good for them. Um, Dre, i got five minutes. Darius Garland's all right, an all-star. Uh, I'm glad me, to me, see all it. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, i got to say this because the all-star game's coming. Um, as you drove home from Mobile, Alabama, or Charlotte, um, did you possibly drive by anybody on the side of the road and was like, man, that, that really sucks that they're stuck over there and just kept driving? Nope. <laughs> but you've done that before, right? Yep. <laughs> We've all done that before. That's racism in the NFL right now. It is. And I don't got to bring up Hugh Jackson. Um, Hugh Jackson's kind of taken away from what Brian Flores is, is, is saying because I think we all see it. And I've had a lot of friends, white friends to say to me this week or say in different times yeah we see it and you know i guess because it doesn't affect you completely it's like that guy on the side of the road that's car broke down sucks for him and 15 20 minutes later we forget about it we move on with our life but unfortunately for a lot of men that uh that 
that work in that in that stream, we can't just forget about it. Like we are still stuck on the side of the fucking road. And I don't know what's going to change anything. Probably nothing, unfortunately. Um, but the frustration and how easy it is for, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, um, but we live in a world where a lot of people are able to just turn their, their cheek. And it hurts, to be completely honest, because it doesn't affect them. And as somebody very well said to me, sometimes it's easier to live, you know, to live a lie than face a lie. We all see what's going on. But most of us aren't really ready to face it and really try to change what's going on in our world. And it's a fucking shame. It's a fucking shame. Yeah, to anybody that's paid attention, what Brian Flores um, said is not a surprise. Right? Um, it's not it's just all. not. It's just not. Um, Hugh Jackson's always been his own case, and he got a national platform and didn't make whatever case he, didn't he was help. trying to make. No, and I don't even want to make it about Hugh because – and we can have this discussion, and I'm, and I'm not a big Hugh fan, just like I'm not a big OBJ fan. But I can see there, there, there is racism in our world, and there is racism that, has, that, that he had to overcome. Um, Hugh has not helped Brian Flores in the, in the conversation that really needs that to happen. I think Hugh tried to. He was doing it the best way he can, but he's fumbling the bag per usual. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because on one hand, I really do think Hugh wants to help. I don't think he knows how to help. And, and that's the part where it's like, okay, stand up for it. But the people we need to stand up and really talk, and I've told you this. <laughs> I've had conversations with Romeo Cornell that I would never put out there in this, this realm. It's not my place. Um, it's so, like I said, it's so obvious. Cause like, and, I, and the best way I can describe it, we've all driven by someone on the side of the road and said, damn, that sucks. And then we just keep driving and we go on about our day because we got to get to the office or we got to go get coffee or we got to get to the bar. We got to get, we're so in, in our own world. But I can say, I asked Romeo just a year ago, why the hell are you still out there coaching? And he made it quite clear. He said, Andre, you know why I'm still doing this. Because I got to do, I got to stay around and try to help the next generation. I got to keep showing my face and I got to keep showing these owners and, and these different people that they can trust people that look like me. It's a goddamn shame that that's what's being said in 2022 of a man that should be probably at home enjoying his grandkids. But that's the type of man he is. And I guess it gets to a certain point for all of us. You know, like here, I'll, get, I'll give a personal thing of mine that has nothing to do with football, that has nothing to do with the NFL, but something I'm going through and it's a much smaller scale. Congratulations to Ken Carmen on getting the job to take over for um, John Tellich, one of my favorite people in the world. And this isn't, you know, I had a ch- that job had been offered to me for a while. And I appreciate the people at Fox 8. I'm still going to be a part of Fox 8 sports team. But I had a lot of people come to me within that company that are black, older black gentlemen that came to me multiple times and kept saying, hey, kid, you know, we really want you to take this. We, we, need, we need someone that looks like you. We need We've never had a black sports guy at Fox 8. Never has happened. We need a guy like you to lead and show our grandkids and our kids that it's possible to have this dream and it can happen in Cleveland. Now, I had already had my mind made up. My decision was made that I, I like what I'm doing. I appreciate where I'm at doing that job. Just, just, I, I you know, you, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard Zach and I say, we do jobs today that 20, 25 years ago didn't exist or we didn't even know existed. 
I appreciate where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. Um, I love helping out Fox 8. I'm going to do some stuff for him during the NBA All-Star break. That should be really cool. I'm going to do something with Darius. I'm going to do stuff with JB. There's going to be some cool stuff that we're going to bring to Fox 8. But I didn't want to take the job. Job wasn't what, wasn't for me. But I got in my car, and I really had to sit there and think because I had older men, and not just black men that worked at Fox 8, but black men that work in Cleveland that were coming to me saying, hey, man, you know, we don't want to put pressure on you, but we need someone like you to help, to help lead us, to help us, because we can preach and say – you can get an opportunity, you can get a chance, but if kids don't see people like you doing it, why would they believe it? That was a hell of a, a pressure-packed punch that I wasn't expected to deal with um, because my, my, parent, my, my, my parents raised me and prepared me for the world that I'm in, um, and I can't say thank you enough to them. And they prepared me to know the, how, how racism works, how the bullshit works, how to overcome it that people are going to still shit on you and talk bad about you behind your back, no matter how good you do or how bad you don't do. Um, and that pressure was real because as I looked in this man's and in, in this group's eyes of saying, please consider taking that job, please consider taking that job. We need to see your face. Only responsibility I wake up for every day that I can only take one Zach is for my two kids and my wife, and my home. But I do realize that I'm carrying a, a bag or carrying, a, you know, for a bunch of other people that look like me. And I forgot about that for a long time. And it made me feel bad that I didn't take that job because I know I had men across Northeast Ohio that were literally begging me to please reconsider and think about keep taking that job because we need more kids in our area to see people like me. Um, I don't think every man, I don't think, and then like, and this isn't about Ken Carmen or PJ or you or, but I don't think most of you guys have to worry about that or have that slung upon you when you say yes. Or no. I got a face for podcasting. So nobody wants to see me on TV. I mean, no, but <laughs> it, it, well, not even that though, even the podcasting and, and we can joke about it. And like I said, it's, it, it's much easier for all of us to sit around and be like, yeah, that's not my problem. I got to go get lunch. You're right. You're right. But, Shit is, it, it's not as easy as everybody puts it out. And, it, and the frustrating thing I've heard is we all see it. We all know it, but we just keep on driving by and move on to our next thing. You know, I guess blatantly hoping something changes when we know shit ain't going to change. It's fucking sad. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. And that's well said by you. So, um, yeah. So let's get out of here because I'm on my time. <laughs> we can we can talk about Darius Garland in the All Star game. Darius Garland deserves to be an All Star. Hopefully, Jared Allen will get in there too. I wasn't trying to end on a bad note, but I, I just think that the reality. No, no. Listen, there, there's nothing bad about that note. You you wanted to say that, and you presented it very well. And, it's uh, just the reality. A lot of people around us are, are watching, and yeah. it sucks that 75, 70 percent of the guys that we love cheering for on Saturdays and Sundays who know the game like the back of their hand don't get a fucking fair shot when it comes to actually running the team. 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they told us we couldn't play quarterback. Tony Dungy went to University of Minnesota, was a quarterback, wasn't allowed to play quarterback in the NFL, had to play DB. Um, trying to overcome this shit is hard, man. <laughs> it's tra trying to overcome this shit is hard, and, it's, and, it, and it doesn't go away. Like, we've been told our whole lives when my dad was coming up, he wasn't smart enough. That you, weren't, it started, you weren't smart enough to play center because that was a job you had to think about. You weren't smart enough to play catcher because you had to think. You couldn't play quarterback. You couldn't play certain positions. Over time, that's been shown to be a fucking lie and just racist as shit. 
And now we have to overcome the albatross of you're not smart enough. You're not this to coach. And I think anybody with half a brain that's watched the game knows it's complete bullshit. And it sucks to be told and to feel that you can play and we'll cheer for you that way. But you can't make a decision on fourth and one. But some kid that went to John Carroll, who's never, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks uh, to American Fireworks. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> As always, we'll do at least one next week ahead of the Super Bowl. We'll dive into some props or some stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm back in Ohio. Dre's back in Ohio. There's no baseball yeah. <laughs> imminently. So we'll, I'll be doing a lot of podcasts, it looks like, the way yeah, things are going. We will see how that goes. But thank you guys at, for, for today and always for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the AZ Podcast. Konnichiwa, Snow. Please go away. Dad, why did you raise me here? <laughs>